Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. He's a gorilla of destiny. A bullet club OG. Continuing on the legacy of the most feared name in all of wrestling. From Tonga to Japan to America, you are now entering Tamas Island with your host, the babyface heel, Tamatonga. Welcome back to Tamas Island Podcast. I'm your host, Tamatonga. My co-host, Ross Berman, the cultural vulture, vulture, cultural vulture. <laughs> I'm having, uh, anyways, yeah. guys, we got two guests. Brought in from Thomas Island. Welcome, Gary. Welcome, Scott. Thank you for joining us here today. We are going to talk wrestling. We're going to talk whatever, space, whoever, whatever, stars, fish, ocean, <laughs> whatever you want to talk about, we're going to talk about right here. But most importantly, we're going to talk shit about wrestling. See what's going on. What's popping over here? Ross, what's Oof. new, man? What's new? Hey, man, as I feel like I say this every week uh, on this podcast, but what isn't new? It has been another bloodbath in WWE last week uh, on Friday during SmackDown. They released not one, not two, but nearly a dozen different uh, talents, some of whom were scheduled for matches uh, later in that evening on 205 Live. Uh, most of these talents coming from the NXT brand, and it does sound like, according to the Wrestling Observer Radio, that NXT is... Might be getting a little reconfigured. We might be heading to the point where uh, NXT may be brought back to that FCW-style developmental, the focus being back on Raw, the focus being back on SmackDown, the focus being back on the WWE brands, and more importantly, sports entertainment. A lot of the people that WWE has been releasing lately have been of that pro-wrestling variety that uh, that Triple H seems to have been uh, fond of over the past, uh, what is it, six years of NXT. But uh, just uh, an app, guys like Bronson Reed, who recently had a title run, guys like Tyler Rust, who recently debuted in a new faction that has a heavy push on NXT television. It just seems like they were cut with uh, with wanton abandon. Uh, I'm going to throw to you, Tama, first, because, like, damn, it looked brutal as hell. Uh, like, yeah. what what was the kind of vibe from the wrestling world as this was hey, happening? cold-blooded, damn. I'm telling you, WWE is on one right now. They don't give a dime about anything. I mean, dudes are uh, <laughs> advertised to wrestle that night or the next night, yep. and they fired him on the spot. So, <laughs> fuck your couch. Fuck your couch. That's what, that's what I see, man. It's so cold. I see in my veins. Damn, man. I, I, it's fucked up. It sucks. Yeah. I, I feel, for the, I feel for, the, for the wrestlers, man. It sucks. But, you know, I, I like to look at brighter, you know, the brighter side. Yo, Bronson, man, my man was already doing work before he went over there. I know he knows how to grind. Uh, mm-hmm. I can't wait to see him on, you know, back on it on the outside because he knows how it goes, man. He's yep. he's a veteran out there in, in Japan, and you know, hopefully, I can see him over there on my side again. Other mm-hmm. guys, uh, man, I feel bad for for Zane. Zane just went in mm-hmm. not too long ago, right? Yep. <sighs> You Alex know. Zane, for, formerly Ari Sterling in the uh, in the WWE, yeah, he was he was a an abs- a talent that seemed to be breaking out right before the pandemic. Mm-hmm. WWE signing him in the middle of the pandemic almost felt like this olive branch to the Indies of like let's get this talent on the right track, and then he just never got a chance to get any kind of traction or footing or anything. Like they just seemed to really keep him in that warehouse and then cut him when the going got tough. Uh, just a a brutal and in the middle of a show too it felt like they were like if if we release people in the middle of smackdown maybe it won't garner as much response and uh it seems to have garnered like twice as much like normally <laughs> they do a bunch of releases everyone goes ow that's cold but this this led to like a delayed finding out there were some people who were deep in smackdown and then they get on twitter and realize holy shit they just cut half of 205 live 
It reminds me of the time that, uh, you know, during the pandemic, CIA was like, oh, by the way, those aliens. Anyways, yep. oh my yep. goodness, get your shot. Yep. Somebody, there's, you need to yes. get that the corona is serious, people. <laughs> so that's Dude, what I feel like. That, that, you were like trying to yep. right under, you know? Yep. You're spot on. Like they had, it was announced uh, less than a month ago that Nick Khan and uh, Vince McMahon were going to visit the Performance Center and kind of look at the state of the NXT roster. And now that is looking more and more like when you go to Red Lobster and there, there, are, ten, there are lobsters in the tank and you're like, I want that one. Uh, like it really, it, it seemed like a lot of stuff that sounded like good news for NXT over the past month turned into actually just them casing the place to, to steal what they could from the, the roster, maybe get them on the main roster. And then it really feels like they're getting punished for that uh, that NXT AEW ratings war that they they lost so mm. soundly. Uh, I want to I want to kind of throw it to to Scott and Gary. Scott, what do you kind of think of the the state of not only the the releases on Friday but just the NXT brand in general? Uh, it's it's just such a shame. I mean, if you look at NXT a couple of years ago, it was it was the brand to watch. Mm. It was it had all the excitement, all the hype, and. Uh, you know, I don't know what uh, what changed about it or why they they didn't you know feel they could move forward with that. But um, it, you know, it just seems like it, once they did the move to the Wednesday nights and they tried to counter program against AEW, it's it's like they just gave up on it. And um, it's just such a shame to see it go because mm-hmm. it was it was so fun for so many years. It really was. I mean, as someone who was kind of waning on wrestling right before the network launched and therefore also NXT launched into a, a, a larger audience, uh, they, they that was one of the things that hooked me back was, I'm you know, you may not like WWE all the time, but NXT was pretty damn solid, whether it be a paper, whether, whether it be the weekly show or whether it be the, the I mean, just hugely successful takeover events that they were running. Uh, I mean, Gary, what do you kind of think of, of not only the state of the NXT brand, but just WWE just cutting anyone and everyone? I feel like they should have focused on their own product instead of like trying to compete with AEW because once they um, got to their network, they just they just been killing it lately mm-hmm. they should have just focused on their own product and not just trying to like counterpick aew i could not agree with you more i mean especially when you look at the success aew has had from just focusing on their promotion like that don't get me wrong they have they have thrown some barbs at wwe over the past couple of years but most of those barbs are on twitter most of those barbs are in being the elite sometimes they'll throw something uh, onto the main show, but for the most part, those jokes are for the people that are already huge fans of AEW and the Elite, who are already following the YouTube shows, who are already watching Twitter, and so you don't see them going full blown like in in the mid '90s when WWF had had the Ted Turner sketches with the billionaire Ted and Ski and Gene and all that. You don't see. Uh, it, you don't see AEW going that route. They focus on their own product, and their ratings have been going up and up ever since. If NXT had done that instead of trying to become this facsimile of what WWE imagined AEW fans wanting, I I feel like they could have they could have maybe survived a little longer. But who they were still doing fine. Like the ratings weren't great. They weren't AEW ratings, but they were still charting every week. They were still making you know inroads with their with their main demo and now they've kind of cut off the the head despite the face of 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 NXT I I don't know it's very it's very sad it's very it feels very petty especially when you see stuff like Dakota Kai is now the number one contender for the NXT Women's Championship right and so that's great she's going to go on to take over 36 have a great match but if you're reading the main event spoilers, Dakota Kai, for some reason, has lost on main event on the road to NXT TakeOver 36. And so there doesn't seem to be this jiving between the WWE and NXT. It almost feels like WWE saying you is punishing them not only for the loss, but for being that alternative, for almost turning WWE, threatening to turn WWE into a pro wrestling company. I mean, hell, right now, they're in a bidding war for Adam Cole. This is, don't get me wrong, he's a great sports entertainer, but that is that is a pro wrestling personality, and you've got to believe that there's a little bit of Vince saying, oh, I, I, what, what, is, what has my son-in-law turned us into? Uh, I, don't, I don't know. It feels very, um, it, feels, it feels like WWE is going through an identity crisis at the worst time to be going through an identity crisis. I don't know. <laughs> oh, I, hey, I agree with, with Scott, man. They were hot, mm-hmm. man. They were hot. They, they were like, I mean, they were outdoing, I felt like during WrestleMania weekend, they were outdoing mm-hmm. 
oh. WrestleMania it, to yeah. a certain extent. I, yeah. They were hot, man. I, I don't know what happened. What happened? The book the booker changed. Who? What? What happened? I know now that what uh, John Laurinaitis is the head, is head of, of that department, isn't he? Or is there still they're 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 moving uh, Laurinaitis into more of a, a developmental head of developmental role. He is like he's recruiting on TikTok now, apparently. Yeah. Like which <laughs> I I don't I go for it. You know, maybe it, it, it anything's possible, but it, it does feel like Laurinaitis is is reaching out to people that aren't already in wrestling, people that they can make into wrestlers now if i'm correct they did this before they did this not a tiktok but um mm-hmm. not had so when nxt was developmental right this was 2010 8 all the way up to like what 13 12 something like that yep. right so they what they did was they went and grabbed football players basketball yep. players they did this kind of like tactic mm-hmm. and i don't i'm trying to think now who is still here from that time because that was Bray Wyatt's class right there. Because yep. I, I remember my my brother was was in it. There was like Bo Dallas. There was like there was mm-hmm. this class, but they had. I remember I even went out for a trial and I saw these basketball players, these football players. I don't. I'm trying to remember anybody who's who, you, who's still. I don't remember anybody. Mojo at, was part at, of that that he, class too. Yep, Mojo was Mojo was part of that class. One person actually who I think they there was kind of a football player they brought into wrestling. I I may need to look more into his background, but who's actually had a lot of success right now on the main roster? Baron Corbin. Corbin. This is a guy right. who played on the Arizona Cardinals, yep. and then was brought into the WWE as because of his size and because of his his mm-hmm. um his his pro football career, and he has I think been one of the best like house-made acts that wwe has had especially now that he's in this broke ass baron corbin needs money can't even get into the building kind of uh he can't even afford entrance music like it's it's some gripping television so like they it it's not i'm I'm not knocking grabbing the uh the basketball players and the, the football players but it feels like baron corbin is more an exception that proves the rule than necessarily proof that yes this works that we can grab anyone and turn them into a wrestler um, I don't know. It, it seems, I mean, outside of Roman Reigns, who was going to be probably a wrestler based on his heritage anyway. I mean, he came from a wrestling family. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was he was technically a football player that they turned mm-hmm. into a wrestler. So was The Rock, technically. But again, they have such ties to the wrestling industry that you can't really be like, oh, yeah, well, they're outside guys that they turned into wrestlers, you know? Now, now they're grabbing from TikTok. TikTok, like, you've got to be a little showman to be on this, mm-hmm. right? And yep. that's what the game is, is entertainment. And now if they can entertain, be like do this on their own platform and entertain, I can see them doing kind of trans, you know, coming into wrestling. That's just me because mm-hmm. they, they, everybody, or at least wrestlers say you can teach wrestling to anybody, right? But to to get charisma, to have charisma and and all that, that's something that that needs mm-hmm. to come wherever you pick that up outside before you come in. I I guess. Yep. That's- no, it's and and you're spot you're spot on because when you think about it, like I don't think that John Laurinaitis is maybe not gonna find another Adam Cole on TikTok, but you know who he's de- he's gonna definitely find another Reginald on TikTok. And you can say what you want, <laughs> you can say what you want to about the WWE twenty four seven um title scene or whatever, but that is a damn entertaining uh group of guys. Like I mean, when you really when you really look at what Reginald has been able to to build as kind of a following, like there is something to be said about grabbing these charismatic folks. And if there is now this pro wrestling alternative, if NXT doesn't need to be the the beacon in the pro wrestling world anymore, mm-hmm. why not why not let them Try it out because NXT has always been a WWE product. So that means they've always been losing a certain amount of money trying to bring back pro wrestling. When now Vince can just kind of say, look, let AEW find out if pro wrestling is viable. I'm going to keep doing the the sports entertainment stuff and they will either have great success and good for them or they will not have great success and I will buy them like I did WCW. And so like there's there's no losing for Vince with AEW. I don't know, Scott. What what do you kind of think of the the WWE's recent trend towards more of the the entertainment side of sports entertainment? Well, the one thing I was thinking about that um, when you guys were talking about is maybe that's what they're looking for now. Maybe they're going for more of personality as opposed to talent because mm-hmm. that's what you had with your independent guys. You had a ton of talent, but not always a lot of personality. Um, so. That's a very good point. Maybe they're thinking, let's go more for the characters, uh, the personality. I mean, um, you were talking about finding people mm-hmm. like, via TikTok. TikTok. Um, I mean, 
I know what a couple of years ago, one of Thomas favorite wrestlers, uh, Enzo Amore, then they find him because he sent in some video clips yep. that done. Yep. But, I mean, look at the personality, look how over he was. Maybe that's what they're, they're thinking. All right. We've had the, the guys that do the flippy flips and stuff, but they didn't have that thing that grabbed you. Um, so maybe that's what they're going to go for now. Mm-hmm. No. And you make a very good point. Cause like p- people love personality. I mean, that's what CM Punk's theme song is all about is like, if you got that personality, people will follow you to the depths of hell. I mean, look at Conor McGregor. The man is under investigation for actual crimes. And there are people who are actually like, you know what? I still love the guy. He's got that swagger, you know, that (laughs) there are, there are people who will still defend uh, uh, the guy that shot Meg the stallion because he's got swagger. Like that's just the cult of personality is very real. Uh, Gary, what do you kind of think of this, this kind of trend towards the more entertainment side of, of WWE? I feel like maybe I never would have thought they would have gone that direction because, you know, it's like entertainment. So, I mean, you need to get guys that are like, you know, mm-hmm. who can do this type of business. Yep. So my thing is that you got guys, you're getting guys from who do basketball, football, and all that mm-hmm. other stuff and not really focusing on talent. So it it definitely it it definitely feels like there is that push pull especially with wrestling because there are some wrestling fans who are like i'm all about the entertainment side of it there are Mm -hmm. some wrestling fans who man you can get bad bunny goldberg and all of the like big entertainment stars in there and they still won't give a shit they want to have they want daniel garcia versus wheeler utah going Mm -hmm. 60 minutes in a small you know like that the different strokes kind of run the world and i think i think this is WWE kind of figuring out which strokes have always made them money. Cause like NXT has always been a very good project for keeping, for keeping WWE from looking like they're absolutely ending pro wrestling in the name of sports entertainment. Cause they've, they've got NXT UK, they've got these pro wrestling products. And now, now the pro wrestling, the pro wrestling business is getting, is, is, is really booming right now. I mean, we've got AEW doing great uh, shows. New Japan is coming back to the uh, United States and the ticket sales are strong. MLW has some real decent buzz about them. Like there is this, there is this palpable pro wrestling business. And so WWE is probably looking at a lot of the people that they haven't used in a while and saying, screw it, let them go make some money elsewhere. They're not going to make WWE money or maybe they will. Who knows? It depends on your hustle sometimes. Um, But it, it definitely... It definitely feels like, especially with the NXT cuts, it, it's a message to pro wrestling. But then there are some you can't explain. Your Bray Wyatt's, your Braun Strowman's, your mm-hmm. your Thank your you character, so. your your WWE characters, where those feel almost specifically designed for like cutting the budget, for make freeing up some cash for I don't know what. Either they're getting rid of the overhead so they can sell the company, freeing up some cash so they can sign a big big name like a McGregor or like a, an Omega or whoever. And like finding different ways to uh, to maybe create that buzz, because look, we are two years into the AEW WWE war, and clearly signing everyone hasn't worked. So they gotta they have to reconfigure their kind of their strategy, and maybe maybe this is this is the way they uh, they do it. And before we move on, I want to th- I want to throw to to Scott and Gary any final thoughts on on the kind of state of WWE at the moment because we're heading towards SummerSlam. We're heading the the crowds are back. This seems like a time when they 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 should be doing no wrong. How do you kind of feel WWE has been handling the return to to live events, especially with all of this chaos in the in the news? Scott, first I mean, I'll throw to you. Yeah, well, it's tough for me as a fan to just. Um, to get on board with them right now because of all the background stuff that's going on. But maybe that's because I read too Mm -hmm. much and look too much, but even the product itself, I just haven't found very interesting for quite some time. So I don't know, maybe this is their way to, to reshift, reevaluate, refocus on their top names and maybe they'll come out of it with a better product. So um, we'll just have to wait and see. Yep. All right. I'm throwing you Gary. Come on. What do you think? State of WWE, love it, hate it. Meh. This is a meh at best. Yeah. Like, I feel like they're making too many cuts, mm-hmm. unnecessary cuts, really. You got mm-hmm. you, you letting guys go like Bobby Fish, um, Tyler Russ, like hell, even Bray Wyatt. Like that really confused me there. Like I'm I'm with you. It makes it hard to like 
even even as much stuff that I think they're doing right, like I like Roman Reigns versus John Cena. I'm in the minority, but I like Goldberg versus Bobby Lashley. But <laughs> even I even I can't really be like I can't buy into it because I don't know who's going to still be there in a month. And that that's I I mean that's that's the kind of thing that like the only the only thing that can help that is not cutting people for like three months. And the way everyone's talking, it doesn't sound like they're gonna they're gonna stop anytime soon. Uh, and so it, it's this it's this weird roller coaster ride, I think, with WWE right now. I mean, Tom, what, as we kind of move off this subject, what do you think of 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 WWE on the road to uh, on the road to SummerSlam right now? Oh, I'm enjoying the fire. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll keep it warm on the fire. Hey, keep it, keep it, keep it burning. <laughs> it's true. A good, a good fire will keep you nice and warm. And especially, <laughs> especially in this business, you always, always need some heat. Uh, now, speaking of, speaking of business, since we're talking about companies uh, kind of going through stuff at the moment, a little bit of news that broke uh, just today that has kind of added, uh, added some fuel to the fire that things are not well down Using the internet without ExpressVPN is like driving a car without car insurance. Why would you want to take that risk? Any hacker can get on the same network, gain access to your personal data, and that's that. It doesn't take much technical knowledge to hack someone. Just some cheap hardware, even an educated 12-year-old can do it. Let's face it, your data is valuable. Hackers can make up to $1,000 per person just selling your personal info on the dark web. So that's why you need to use ExpressVPN. It acts as personal online insurance that creates a secure, encrypted tunnel between your device and the internet. That means hackers can't steal your personal data, can't make money off you, and it's super secure. It'd take a hacker with a supercomputer over a billion years to get past ExpressVPN's encryption. It's super simple. All you have to do is fire up the app, click one button, and boom, you're protected. It works on all your devices, your phone, your computer, your tablets. You can stay secure on the go. So, Tama, tell the folks at home why you like to use ExpressVPN. Peace of mind, Ross. Knowing that I'm protected with everything that I do online, with banking and whatnot, I love knowing that I'm being protected. I've had issues in the past, and with ExpressVPN, I know my data is protected. Secure your online data today by visiting expressvpn.com slash Tama. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N dot com slash Tama. And you can get an extra three months free. ExpressVPN.com slash Tama. South of the border in old CMLL. Uh, just yesterday, CMLL announced that uh, Sanson, Quatrero, and Forestrero, a, a popular trio, was going to be the main event of their August 13th Arena Mexico show. 24 hours later, all three of them have announced they've left the promotion. Not only have they left the promotion, but Soberano Jr., another uh, CMLL talent, has gotten on Twitter to say that who is hurting CMLL right now, in fact, his words were who is killing CMLL right now, are Ultimo Guerrero and, uh, and, and superstars of his, his ilk. He has said there's no problem with the family that runs CMLL. They've always been good to him. But it sounds, it sounds like something's rotten down in, uh, down in Arena, Mexico. It, 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 you even got Dragon Lee and Roosh already reaching out to the guys who have left saying, come on up to ROH. It's great. Apparently, one of the big sticking points, CMLL took zero care of anyone who got COVID over the course of the pandemic, just really kind of leaving everyone uh, kind of out to dry. I'm gonna throw it to you, Tama, first, because you, I mean, you, you've been, you, you wrestled in CMLL. That was your excursion and uh, New Japan yeah. CMLL. That partnership has been has been long and historic. What do you kind of think of this news that they are they're up against the ropes at the moment? You know what? I haven't been keeping up with CMLL uh, mm-hmm. with the with the new transition to the new bosses, right? But, but yep. when Paco was there, uh, rest rest his soul. Mm-hmm. When Paco was there. That you know, things was smooth. Things was great. Uh, the the relationship between New Japan and uh and and CMLL was strong. I'm not saying that it's not right now, but mm-hmm. I loved. I think I went down like three, four times, and then the last couple times I went with my brother, it was beautiful. It was perfect. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I love the experience. And uh, but I don't know what the state in uh, you know, the state is right now, and I I don't know. How, I don't have anything to say really about it because no, I, and that- I just don't know, man. And that's fair. I'm not trying. I'm not trying. We're not going to do a full 20 minute discussion on this the way we did with WWE, because there are still so many parts that are, are kind of moving around. For those that are are 
not familiar, Paco that uh, Tom just brought up is Paco Alonso, the former owner of, of CMLL, who passed away uh, in 2019. It sounds like since his death, it has it hasn't been an easy time for CMLL, but they've they've always been they've always been keeping on. But uh, it, earlier this year, I believe it was, CMLL and Ring of Honor ended their partnership after a number of luchadors from uh, Ring of Honor tried to form their own uh, their own uh, wrestling promotion in Mexico. So it does seem that, especially on the North American side of things, CMLL, ROH, not necessarily getting along on the best terms, especially with Dragon Lee reaching out and saying, come on up, we'll take care of you the way that, that CMLL uh, didn't. But I'm I'm just more shocked at the fact that heading into the the pandemic, it felt like ROH was on the rope, CMLL could do no wrong, and now we are a year and a half later, and it has been completely, completely flipped. Uh, Scott, I know you're a big ROH fan. You've been especially during the the pandemic, you've been following along with how they have kind of adapted to it. You am I wrong? You were at one of their most recent uh, events, right? Yeah, yeah, it was at the uh, pay per view down in Boston. So, so then talk to us about this kind of rise of CMLL through the uh, or of, of ROH through the through the pandemic rising almost like I mean, I really the turnaround has been stellar. What do you kind of think? What do you kind of attribute to that right now as someone who's been really paying deep attention? Well, it's funny because they came back and they just seemed like they had a whole entirely new focus on production. Production mm-hmm. quality was the first thing that really jumped out at me. I mean, they had a weekly one-hour show, but in that one-hour show, I don't know who they hired, but they do these vignettes now every week that get you invested in the characters, and they would focus on just maybe two or three matches, but they've kept things consistent. They've kept Mm -hmm. storylines growing. They've brought in new people. Um, Of course, the quality of the wrestling has been great, so I think it's, it's just been very consistent. They were super safe. Uh, obviously, they treated the wrestlers well, so I'm sure the wrestlers are all, mm-hmm. you know, singing their praises. I've seen it on Twitter; they love it. And and yeah, what a great time to be a, a Mexican wrestler in Ring of Honor. I mean, you had Roosh as the champion; he's got mm-hmm. his own faction, and then Bandito just beat him. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I can see why Dragon Lee is reaching out to more uh, other guys to come on up. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're, they're just looking on their, their big uh, return now to live shows, too. They'll be coming yep. to Philadelphia uh, in just a week or two, and they've got some stacked cards. So, mm-hmm. yeah, they've, they've just, uh, I think they've been doing a great job. It definitely feels like, it, I, I love that you brought up the renewed kind of focus, because I feel like between the way the peer division has been kind of run lately, that that is one place where you can really see that they, they know what people want from that division. Same with the women's division. They're, the the tournament they're running right now for the women's world title, especially the way they have their uh, their lead announcer, uh, Quinn, or lead interviewer, Quinn McKay, as this kind of like fan favorite who is yeah. only in the tournament because the fans voted her in like through a yeah. Facebook poll or, or whatever. Like they're doing a very good job of, I don't think they always necessarily tell all of the stories the fans want. I like, I feel like there is still very much, um, there is a push and pull with Ring of Honor. I don't know, because there there does feel like it feels like they have never been more focused, but it also feels like there are areas where they could be could be listening more. Am I wrong about that, Scott? No, I, I think you hit the nail on the head. Sometimes um it does seem like they're they're pointing you in a direction towards maybe like a certain uh mm-hmm. who's becoming popular and you feel like they're building the momentum and they're gonna, you know, maybe put the title on that one and run with them. But then they swerve you and they go in a different direction and they'll have, mm. you know, like you thought maybe Brody at the final battle was going to become the champion. Mm-hmm. That didn't happen. And then the, obviously Shane Taylor, I mean, who I could have sworn he was going to be the next guy because he's been building so much momentum. That one really felt like a, a, a lost opportunity mm-hmm. for them. I think they could have generated a, a ton of buzz on that if they would have put the title on Shane. Um, so yeah, it, it is weird. Like they do, they're very consistent, but sometimes mm-hmm. it seems like they don't seize the opportunities that are presented to them. that could really put them a little bit higher. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's, that's kind of the point that I was, I was kind of driving at. Cause it does, I I'm still at the point where I can't tell if ring of honor 
doesn't know who the fans want to be their champion or if they are just really pushing into that WWE mentality of like, look, sometimes you need a dominant champion to make the future wins down the road that much sweeter. So it's there. It's still within the bounds of, of wrestling booking, but it does it does feel like there is that that push pull with when you have such a, a, a not necessarily a small fan base, but a niche fan base. You're going to need you're going to need a little more uh, listening. But it also feels like the Ring of Honor partnership with not just new japan but with all of the independent world in general has been a little bit more open like they they flirted with exclusivity it seems like for a little bit before the pandemic and now now that you've got guys like like brody king and chris dickinson and and a lot of the ring of honor talent running roughshod over over new japan strong it feels like the new japan roh relationship has never been healthier and it also feels like there hasn't been i don't know i haven't heard too much from the new japan cml relationship but the pandemic has meant there's no room for fantastic mania you can't send people over for uh excursions uh so it does it does feel like if anyone can heal that 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 triangle it's gonna probably be new japan when things finally kind of get back to normal i don't know tama what do you what do you kind of feel yeah is that the vibe you're kind of getting on that that relationship yeah, I'm with you. I, I think New Japan can be the one to to uh, help out with that situation <laughs> when when this whole situ- when this whole world situation starts to lift up. You know, yep. um, as, you know they've been CMLL has has been real good to New Japan, vice versa. Mm-hmm. They've been they've had a great relationship for how geez how many years now? So, um, yep. you know, I, it, it helps it helps both parties to make this thing work one hundred percent. Absolutely. And and again, uh, so much of the pandemic has kept people from being able to be in the same room that I, I got to believe that when when people are actually able to talk this out, it might be uh, it might happen. I mean, hell, if the New Japan impact relationship is salvageable, anything is salvageable at this point, in my opinion. Um, but no, like because we're just we just saw recently that uh, New Japan, young, former Young Lion, now Yoda Suji is going to be heading over to Rev Pro, despite the fact that he was very much like, I want to be a luchador. I want to head to CMLL. I want to mm-hmm. be lucha but he does it does feel like he will be a better a better fit for for rev pro i don't know what do you, i'm gonna throw to scott first what do you kind of think of the idea of, of of yoda in in rev pro with the in the the british promotion yeah i mean i think it's great it's it's done wonders for uh, people in the past so it's mm-hmm. great for him um you know i'm excited for him and i'm probably pronouncing his name wrong but uh Yumura, like yep. Hopefully, uh, sticking with strong. I mean, I'm super excited for that because mm-hmm. the chances of seeing him on tour. I mean, that kid just looks like he's going to be a future star. Right? Right. So, yeah, it's yeah. he's he, he's going to be perfect for uh, for LA, especially if him and, and Ren Narita can kind of either butt heads or team up. I don't know the two the two seem like they would get along very well. But yeah, Yu Amora is headed for the USA. Yoda Suji headed for the UK. Gary, what do you kind of think of, of, of Suji heading to Rev Pro? Where I mean, the last uh, the last big uh, excursion for Rev Pro was uh, Okan. It was great. It was Tomiyuki Oka going over there, becoming Great Okan, now Great uh, Okan. Um, and so it's it's done wonders for especially the heavyweight uh, uh, New Japan young lions. What do you what do you what do you kind of think of, of Yoda heading on excursion? I feel like he could be the next Okan. Honestly, yep, yeah. I definitely, I, I know exactly yeah. where you're getting at because he got that same kind of, like that. There is this passion in Yoda Suji that, like, it's you can't, you can't teach it. And Okan has the same kind of thing where, like, when he starts yelling at the crowd in those like giant proclamations, you can really, you can. It's coming from here. It's coming from the, coming from the he's, heart. He's got a bit of a size on him too. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he's got this like a uh, structure. Like, yep. Like, no, he's, his stomach's big, but you can still see his let's, abs. Let's you no, know? let's let's yeah, no, exactly. Let's <laughs> let's call it like it is. He's built like a brick shit house. Like yeah. he is <laughs> Suji, especially in 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 the UK, where like the UK is not. It's not a physically large wrestling scene. Like you got a lot of your your smaller guys, and so he's going to be able to really really learn how to become a become a giant over in rev pro because i mean this is this is a country where where progress had to make an atlas championship they had a special championship for people over like 230 pounds because that's how few like super heavyweights they have well you know uh talking to the uh 
uh, Uemura and Suji before mm-hmm. when they were coming up. Um, I thought it would have been the vice versa. I thought that really uh, Uemura would have been in in um in in Britain in Britain because that mm-hmm. that was the style he wanted to learn. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, we knew about Suji going wanting to go to to uh, Mexico, but I, you know he could have learned that out there in California for sure. Mm-hmm. You know, and but you never know because you know uh, you got all this time on excursion how many years it could go up to three years so you got time to like be here one learn all that and switch so yeah that's that's the that's the beauty of being on excursion man you travel and learn the styles of the world mm-hmm. and he's gonna get to cross paths another uh young line who's currently an excursion rev pro uh shooter the former shota umino so that will be uh it will definitely be interesting to see to see suji's growth as uh, as the next few years kind of kind of go on but speaking speaking of growth we have been kind of we've been kind of talking around it for the past couple weeks because it hasn't it hasn't been at the point where we can really be like hey this is happening it's you know update the wikipedia articles and everything but now <laughs> after this past week on uh, on impact wrestling chris bay Oh, a a pros a prospect in the eyes of Jay White of of Switchblade Jay White, who I should mention as I'm delivering all this context, Switchblade Jay White, one of one of Gary Gary's favorites here, uh, which is going to make which is going to make the next conversation that much more interesting. Uh, but uh, Bullet Club prospect Chris Bay defeated Juice Robinson in a match on Impact, was officially given the Bullet Club shirt, and is now very much tweeting like he is a member. He's talking Bullet Bay and all that kind of stuff. And so it does, it seems like we can now officially, I don't have an alarm, but we can finally sound the alarm, update the Wikipedia and say, Chris Bay, newest member of Bullet Club. Uh, I I really don't want to, I don't want to dance around this anymore. Gary, what are your thoughts on this? I think it's bullshit. <laughs> I don't see this guy in Bullet Club. I, I'm not gonna lie. I did my okay. research. Okay. I just don't see it. And All if right. anything, you put him with the junior weights, really. But I just. I mean, well, what, what, what is li- it about him that you don't like? I want to know. What is it? His shoes? His hair color? His his <laughs> his? What is it? His eyebrows? What is it? He's just giving me this vibe. Like I can't get down with him in Bullet Club. I just don't see it. What does the vibe feel like? Is it low yeah. vibration, high vibration? Like Very low. Low to <laughs> the fucking ground. I don't feel <laughs> that. Damn. Wow. Damn. Right. Oh, shoot. You know, Gary, you've always been a, a, a fan of Bullet Club, and anybody we brought in, you've pretty much been on board. This is the first time I've seen you show this kind of hate towards, towards a, a new member, especially Chris Bay, I, which I thought was – I thought, oh, it's a nice look. You know, he's got swag mm-hmm. or finesse, you know, is the term that he's using. I, it, he's got his, he looks tight. He's jacked. He's, he's in shape, you know. Mm-hmm. It's, there's a little swagger going on here. It's something that Bullet Club is looking for with these new age, uh, what is it? Z, what is, what is it? Gen, Gen Z. Gen, 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 Gen Z. Z. Keep, yeah, the XYZ generation, man. Shit. Okay, you, I thought this is the kind of stuff you guys that, like. But I, but I got one I got one wrestler that can shut all this down. Ishimori. That's it. Ishimori. Ishimori. <laughs> what about him? He's in Bullet Club, too. Yeah, he's in Bullet Club already. <laughs> That's all you need. You, no, need him. you no. got Ishimori and Phantasmo. That's all you need. Ishimori. Ishi- <laughs> E.A. Ishimori is is from the I believe Ishimori was in the, in the original class of the Noah born from like I mean like this is this is not necessarily a young talent who you can be like yeah Ishimori is don't get me wrong he's a great wrestler but right. if I'm gonna if I'm gonna bank on the next 15 years I'm not banking on Ishimori because I think he's got enough <laughs> I think he's got five he got 10 maybe he's got maybe he's even got 15 but not at the level that not at the level he's too he's he's not, he's a little too seasoned at this point. El Fantas was very good, but he's already flirting with heavyweight. If you've been watching right. the uh, mm-hmm. the wor- the Super Junior Tag Leagues, he's talking about how the junior division's gotten too easy. He wants to go heavy. So Bullet Club needs a young junior heavyweight. Chris Bay is look if you're he he is very young, and so there's and he's a lot. A brother. Of- Come on, yeah. Gary. First African-American right. member of First Bullet Club. Amer- yes, come on, man. We brought a brother into the club finally. You can thank Jay White for that. You know what I'm saying? We, we- Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. 
Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. That's your boy. Your boy brought him in. I thought you'd be happy about that. Go against what Jay. He has a plan, so hey. I'm with it. I'm with it. <laughs> yeah. No, and this this is one this is this is the I, we do have to give kind of Gary the benefit of the doubt here cuz at the end of the day Chris Bay is very young. Like he is he is a it, it's I and I keep saying this in the happy hour. He's nothing but upside. Uh cuz I I think he's going to I think like like we're talking if we're talking the next 15 years, I think he's going to be one of those guys who has a very good junior heavyweight life and I think the minute that he goes to the heavyweight, it it's also going to be a very good time for him. He's built like Will Osprey, and so you can put some you can put some muscle on that frame. You can put some weight on that frame, and he'll still be uh, churning out at the level that he's at right now. And I think most importantly, this I, I'm biased because I also am a musician. I I love his hustle. The man is also working on an album right now that he's trying to release at the same time that he's joining Bullet Club. It, it, like he's very much someone who I don't think I don't I think if Bullet Club didn't give him a T-shirt. He would still have a great 15 years, but Bullet Club giving him a t- it's it's like it's like how there's always a there's always a, a good prospect in the in baseball, but not necessarily are all those good prospects going to go to the Yankees. This is the Yankees picking up that great pr- young prospect and not only saying, yes, we think he's going to do great things for the next 15 years. We also think he's going to do great things under our banner. Uh, and so that's it's it, 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 it it's almost more Bullet Club taking Bay is, is sealing him for me than necessarily the other way around. But let's, let's throw to Scott. Now, what are your kind of thoughts on the new, the new entrance into, into bullet club? Uh, yeah, I'll be honest with you. Like I like Chris Bay a lot I liked mm-hmm. him before this. So I thought it was really intriguing and I'm still intrigued by the storyline because, you know, I have watched Jay for a number of years, so I'm still not a hundred percent convinced that this is the, the end of the story that he's just in bullet club now. Like, is he using him as a means to an end? Is he, you know, he needs somebody to watch his back right there? Or is he actively recruiting like the next crop of bullet club? So it's either way you look at it. I, I like it. It's, it's a good fit. I, I like Bay. Like you said, he's got swagger. He's got, mm-hmm. you know, he's got the personality for it. So I'm, I'm definitely watching. It's one of the more interesting storylines I've seen on impact right now. And how about you, Tama? What do you think of the new member? What do you think of 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 Jay White bringing in Bay? Hey, uh, and to cap that off, Scott uh, Impact can thank Bullet Club for that, bringing eyes to their product. Hey, thank you, Jay White. Huh? Thank you very much. But I like it, Scott. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, 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 Ross. I like it. I like this new blood. I like this uh, generation X, Y, Z, whatever it is you want to call it. I like this new blood coming in, putting new, new, new eyes on the, on the product. It's, hey, Gary, we got to invest on in the future, man. We always got to invest, man. Cause hey, you know, I'm this next saying, five years. I'm not saying I won't be on board. It's going to take a while. Just yep. no, and, and, the, and let's be real. The minute Chris Bay finally wins over Gary is going to be a huge moment. Like, I'm just, he, I'm just saying. I'm just saying he better not fuck this up. He better not fuck this up. You don't, you don't get a free hey, pass in the Bullet Club for nothing. Gary, Gary, don't worry, man. We won't let that happen, man. You know, I, I like to think that that you know Jay White is a smart man here, mm-hmm. and and you know he's leading the charge on this. And now if he says a man is good, he's a made man. He's a made man. He can come in. We're gonna, of course, we're gonna watch out for him. The rest, yeah. you know, is up to him. So, I, I, I'm all about it. I want to see more from this kid. I want to see what he can do, what he can bring to the club. Uh, I want to see what he, you know, I like to see him out in Japan. Come mm-hmm. out, you know, tag with me for a little bit. Let me see what you're about, you know. Let me, let me test it. You know, I, I like it. I, I like this, this, this route, this new, uh, this route that Jay White is taking us. And let's see. I want to see more. I want to see more. I'm curious, just like Garrett, uh, Scott here. I'm curious. I'm curious what Jay is up to, man. And and, Let me know. and to, to further Scott's point, I'm curious what Jay, what Chris Bay is up to. Is Bay actually, you know, it because like we said, we bring this up a lot uh, uh, in. But there are, there are cases of people joining Bullet Club just to get revenge. I mean, look at look at Kazarian. He was a member for like a week, uh, but he wore the T-shirt. He got the you know like. So we we will see where this thing with Chris Bay goes. I'm lucky I wasn't there when he joined. I worked, 
Pulled a lot of shit out of Kazarian. He didn't really join Bullet Club. He joined that shit. Club. Yes. No. And I'm. I again. I'm. I'm really just. I'm. I'm just bringing it up because it's my job to be a wet blanket like that. Um, <laughs> guys. Yeah. Hey. Some. Sometimes you need someone to poop on the party, and it's. I. I'm happy to help. But no. I think. I think Chris Bay is going to be a, a great addition to Bullet Club. I think especially when you look at. Guys like Bay, Hikuleo, and all of the others that the and ELP that EL that have kind of come in from that generation. I I think I think the future is going to be real interesting. I think there's mm-hmm. I think there's there's bright things uh, uh, on the road uh, for Bullet Club. But speaking of uh, since we're talking about impact, since we're talking about Mexico, we're talking about all of these. The we're kind of talking around some stuff. We got it's entirely possible Kenny Omega loses one of his uh, many belts. This coming uh, this this coming weekend, uh, we will talk about resurgence in a minute because that is a big ass card. But also, Triple Mania is taking place that same night. I don't know how to watch it. There are currently no ways to actually watch Triple Mania outside of uh, Mexico. But Kenny Omega, Andrade for the Triple tri- A Mega uh, Championship. It it definitely feels like this is the first real threat to to Kenny losing uh, that belt collector status. I want to throw it to you, Scott. Who do you, I'm just going to do a quick who do you got Omega or Andrade? You know, it's funny, Ross. Uh, if you would have asked me this about a month or two ago, I would have said for sure Andrade. Mm-hmm. Because I felt like this was going to start, you know, Kenny starting to lose the belts. I thought mm-hmm. they were going to kind of move to this, to the impact, you know, and so on. But th- there's been, at least as far as I've seen, there's been like no talk about this match. I mean, if I hadn't heard about it when it first got signed, yep. I haven't heard squat about it so i don't know if they're going to take a belt off of him without that much hype involved i i i I, you you do bring up a good point this is one of those areas the the all the different partnerships aew has it doesn't seem to be coming through that like yeah omega and andrade are facing each other andrade is more concerned with uh with with the lucha bros at the moment gary i'm I'm just gonna i'm quick yes or no who do you think andrade or omega i feel like andrade's got this yeah like this is his time you know i mean who would be left for kenny to face anyway honestly i feel like andrade takes this i mean if you ask if you ask conan vikingo is right there ready to take on kenny omega i know that's a dream match a lot of people want but uh what about what about you tama omega andrade what do you who are you feeling Mm, uh the the conspiracy theorist in me says that Andrade takes it because Kenny Omega is going to start dropping all the belts and then he mm-hmm. goes to WWE because WWE is doing that budget cut to uh, save that big chunk of cash to buy him out. And that's, that's a conspiracy theory to me. But I... <laughs> <laughs> Kenny's leaving. Uh, put that down. Tama Tonga says that. So, um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. Uh, but, um. Yeah, I, 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 I don't know, man, to be honest, because yeah. I haven't no, heard that's... I haven't heard anybody talking about it. I don't know why they're not pushing it. But then again, like, if you got Kenny as a champ, and if, if he's going against Andrade, and Andrade is like, he's not a top guy in AEW. He is, but he isn't, right? Because yep. I just, how are you going to, like, switch? How are you going to switch that? How are you going to switch good, that? It's a very good point. I will, just to add a little bit of tinfoil to that hat that you've got me wearing now as well. Uh, <laughs> I it, Andrade's whole thing in AEW right now is that he's the face of Latinos. He doesn't want any other luchador to be able to say that they're the face of Latinos. And so he uh-huh. he's trying to earn that. If he were the AAA Mega Championship, that would be a big, big notch on his belt to say, like, well, uh, if you want to be the face of Latinos, come beat me for the for the belt. Um, but I again, I keep saying that Vikingo Omega match is too good to, to pass up. So I have no idea. I, it's really it's really a toss up at this point. But I would be uh, I'd be remiss if I didn't bring it up because it, it like it's like you said, it's entirely possible. This is where this is where we start heading towards that end of the belt collector. It's entirely because and you, you brought this up. I, I think I, I don't know when it was, but what else is there to do after being the belt collector for Kenny Omega? Go be a clown in WWE. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yeah. That's it. Go do your funny shit over there. Make I mean, all that's that money. <laughs> AJ Styles was in a similar prediction predicament where he was like, what else is there for me to do? I've been TNA champion. I've been NWA champion. I've been IWGP champion. I'll go take my victory lap in WWE. Um, it's, it, it's definitely, definitely an interesting uh, idea. But that same night, New mm. Japan Pro Wrestling returning to the United States 
for resurgence. It's a hell of a card. All right. Who I personally have not been able to make a trip work. I have to, I have a, because of my Crohn's. <laughs> well, you know what? I'll be, com- <laughs> I'll be completely open. I'll be, I'll be completely open about it. I, I have Crohn's, I have Crohn's disease. I've had it since I was 11. Because of that, I'm on a medication that suppresses my immune system, but it also, and well, it has been working with the vaccine and all that. What it does mean is once a month, I have to go into a room with a bunch of other immune suppressed people in a hospital. And so I do have some considerations that I have, I have to make when it comes to traveling, especially with all of the various variants that are, are out there. And so when I say that I'm not going it's I, i'm not trying to to make a comment on quality i'm not trying to make a comment on the state of the pandemic i just i have certain health considerations that i have to make for the people that share the infusion suite with me hey, hey, hey i'm sorry ross but it was just no, funny the way you were trying to spit it out man it sounded like you were trying to make up an excuse uh, uh i got i've got to go use the toilet that's what i, gotta, yeah. I can't no, I, know. <laughs> I, 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 know, I never know how deep i want to get into it but I, there there's there's the whole kit and caboodle of it um but what, what it's it's an uh, it's an immense card right now. We've got a double main event: uh, David Finley challenging never openweight champion Jay White, as well as Hiroshi Tanahashi uh, facing IWGP United States Heavyweight Champion Lance Archer. They just announced that Yuya Uemura is going to start his uh, his excursion in North America is as part of a big big old tag match that's going to be that night. But I'll throw you, Gary, first. What do you kind of think of this resurgence card as as we head towards uh, the 14th? I feel like this is a great start for fans to come back especially mm-hmm. with the Lance Archer and Tanahashi, that's going to be amazing. Yep. And, then, and, then, and then the Jay White and David Finley, that goes way back. So that's going to be amazing yeah. as well. Though. Look forward. Yep. Yeah. Deep ass history. Absolutely. I'll throw to you, Scott. What do you kind of think of the, the resurgence card? What are you most excited about? Yeah, I think it looks like a super fun card. It looks like a great way to kick off everything. And now that they've announced more shows, this is just the beginning. So mm-hmm. I'm really hoping it's going to be a big show. Um, obviously, that tag match with uh, the Good Brothers uh, against Mox and a mystery partner, that's got to be a really intriguing one, too, to see who that's going to end up being. Absolutely. I'm very curious, uh, very curious to see who that who that ends up being. Uh, I, I do got to bring up that it it does feel like because in the original push for New Japan of, of America, we were getting a lot of smaller shows. We were getting stuff like um, the a lot of the tour was was not necessarily the the big type of events that I think a lot of people wanted them to be. They were very good shows. I mean, the Showdown tour in in California with Liger's last match and the show at the Globe was was fantastic. But you didn't have you know you you didn't have the 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 co-main events. You didn't have Tanahashi. And so it does feel like New Japan is not only coming back to North America, but they're making a big-ass statement before this tour starts. Because mm-hmm. I remember the kind of traction New Japan would get before the Madison Square Garden show, the kind of traction they got before the G1. When they bring the big events, ooh, people, people are ready for it. And now that they've actually got a North American brand that you know people can tune into weekly, it feels like those smaller shows are going to be even bigger now because of the fact that people are a little bit more familiar with what new Japan has on this side of, of the Pacific. Am I, I, Tom, am I, am I crazy about that? Or does it kind of feel like it, no. a, a reorganization of how to, how of their approach to North America? Yeah, no, I'm with you, Ross. I, I think that's um, what they're doing right now. It's it, they got to hit it, man, especially the mm-hmm. way things have been going in, in Japan. Um, you, you gotta, you gotta make your mark out here in America. If you're going to push here, especially with a uh, new Japan of America, you gotta make your mark. And this is the perfect time. Everything, you know, with with wrestling booming the way it is right now, everybody's coming out of this uh this lockdown. This this is, is a resurgence, man. They're coming out, and I think New Japan needs to make this mark. I think bringing out Tanahashi is great. I think that's mm-hmm. going to be a great match with Archer. Um, I'm actually looking forward to the Ishii and Moose match. I think that's mm-hmm. going to be a banger. I Oof. really do think that's going to be a banger. Uh, the height difference. Is what tells me he's gonna be a banger. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> that's, that's that's what I I know he's gonna you know he's like he's a stone pit bull versus uh, what moose is literally moose. like a moose man. <laughs> I was gonna say we talked about being built like a brick shit house earlier in these two minutes. Like and and Ishii Ishii gets vicious when he's the smaller guy because he's yeah. very much used to, he's very much used to being able to have some size on on the guys in New Japan and so against the guy like against the guy like Moose it really feels like we're gonna see some fireworks yeah uh one thing i do want to point out though because we were talking about how you know resurgence isn't just a big return event it marks the beginning of all of these tours when i first heard that 
Using the internet without ExpressVPN is like driving a car without car insurance. Why would you want to take that risk? Any hacker can get on the same network, gain access to your personal data, and that's that. It doesn't take much technical knowledge to hack someone, just some cheap hardware. Even an educated 12-year-old can do it. Let's face it, your data is valuable. Hackers can make up to $1,000 per person just selling your personal info on the dark web. So that's why you need to use ExpressVPN. It acts as personal online insurance that creates a secure, encrypted tunnel between your device and the internet. That means hackers can't steal your personal data, can't make money off you, and it's super secure. It'd take a hacker with a supercomputer over a billion years to get past ExpressVPN's encryption. It's super simple. All you have to do is fire up the app, click one button, and boom, you're protected. It works on all your devices, your phone, your computer, your tablets. You can stay secure on the go. So, Tama, tell the folks at home why you like to use ExpressVPN. Peace of mind, Ross. Knowing that I'm protected with everything that I do online, with banking and whatnot, I love knowing that I'm being protected. I've had issues in the past, and with ExpressVPN, I know my data is protected. Secure your online data today by visiting expressvpn.com Tama. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N dot com slash Tama. And you can get an extra three months free. ExpressVPN.com slash Tama. Y'all, we're going to be bringing in fans to this strong taping in California. I was thinking very small because I was like, cool, strong is going to be the show. They're going to bring people into the studio. It's still going to we're going to have fans. But then when they announced that uh, strong is actually going to be comprised of, the, of, of matches that are going to be taking place over the course of the tour that y'all are doing, whether it be through Philly or the Dallas Fort Worth area, actually bringing that that touring show vibe to strong is going to really be a, like, for lack of a better term, is it just a shot in the ass like there's no tomorrow? I mean, they, that is going to be some real gas in the tank for them. Uh, I know, Scott, you, you did you just get tickets for the Philly show or are you you're looking towards it? Oh, yeah, yeah, I definitely day one, as soon as they went on sale, um, as soon as I heard they were coming mm-hmm. back to Philly, I unquestionably had to get tickets because, you know, I, I know it's going to be a great show. Uh, you know who's going to be there who can say you know um, mm-hmm. yeah, and the the last time they came out it was just such a great card and it just felt like you know you were witnessing a new japan show in america you know it wasn't like an americanized version it was, you felt like you're watching new japan and mm-hmm. yeah i'm just over the moon excited and cannot wait Definitely. It feels like it's it's going to be a big, big tour. Gary, what do you kind of think of the, the announcement that, that Strong is going to be a, a not just a, a North American brand, but a touring North American brand? I feel like it's a great start, you know, mm-hmm. get fans back in. It's a good, uh, good direction for it. Hoping it, they come back to Georgia. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, it definitely feels, and it feels like a lot of the uh, a lot of the route seems to be along the lines of where AEW's been. Like they're doing the the Garland, Texas show is going to be in that same same area, uh, and so it does it does feel like if AEW's run Georgia, we might be seeing New Japan in Georgia uh, soon soon enough. But I really I want to harp on the momentum that that's going to be able to give for the bigger North American shows because I think before New Japan Strong, it was sort of like everything was happening in Japan. And then from time to time, there would be a big show or a big like few shows in North America that didn't weren't necessarily capitalizing on the momentum of of what's happening in Japan, just because it was it it was more of a special event, one off kind of thing. Whereas now they're going to actually be able to capitalize on on the stories of New Japan Strong on whatever kind of stuff happens as they hit the road over the course of the fall. I mean, it's I really it's going to be a big, a big boon to uh, to to New Japan of America. But we'd be remiss if we t- did all this talking. We've been talking for nearly an hour now. We got to talk about the Super Junior Tag League that's going on. More specifically, what's going on with uh, with new with the Tag League Superstars Show and Yo Rapongi 3K currently uh, completely winless in the uh, in the uh, the Super Junior Tag League. So far, there are just a couple of matches left for them to get that get one of those wins. But the story has been Yo. Yo has been the the losing end 
he has been complaining in all of the uh, all of the New Japan, uh, all the backstage comments that he st- can't get his head right. He can't get his head in the match. He can't get his head in the game. Even in the non-tournament matches, he's the one that's been taking the pinfall just because he doesn't seem to be... Um, he doesn't seem to be with it. And this is very eerily reminiscent of what's been going on with uh, Olympic gymnast Simone Biles. And so I, that's why I kind of wanted to, to bring this up, because it, in a world where we're seeing her mental health struggles be brought up by Charlotte, be brought up by Max Caster as, as ways for heels to get easy, cheap heat, here we have Yo essentially going through what Simone has been going through. He has the wrestling version of the twisties. And so it's been this, it's been a much more empathetic take on being relevant in wrestling, a much more, uh, a, a much more of a show don't tell kind of, kind of situation. Uh, Scott, I see you grinning. You've been kind of keeping up with this. What do you kind of think of Yo's, Yo's sh- struggles right now in, in new Japan and how new Japan is kind of handling this, this story. I mean, you know, I actually have been hoping for those two to split for time and go their separate ways because, I mean, you're looking at two more guys in that division, single stars, mm-hmm. and you know, I've just been waiting for this. So anytime something like this is teased, I'm hoping that's the direction we're going. So that's why I've been keeping my eye on it. Okay. Yeah, no, I want to I want to stay on that topic. Gary, what do you think of a, of a possible Rapongi 3, 3K split, Show and Yo going their separate ways? I feel like that was tease. Like once Yo got injured, all mm-hmm. eyes were on the show, and I feel like Yo could be maybe jealous. He's not getting that much attention on him. Could be possibly, but I feel like a split is in the. It's a long time coming. It it the show has just been putting in the word. Yep. That was that was what I was about to say. It does feel like Show has been getting very frustrated with his partner's struggles. Uh, and you, as you as you put it, Yo was injured, and so that kind of put Show in the spotlight. It gave Show maybe a chip on his shoulder. I don't know because it does kind of the vibe I'm getting from Show right now is that he's like he he feels like he's being held back. He's almost treating Yo like this albatross around his neck. He would be this junior heavyweight superstar if he didn't have to if he didn't have to carry around. Yo, carry around let him and, Show go. Go show, go it on de- your own road, show. <laughs> I, I even, I even say this. I even say this as a Rapongi 3K fan. I do feel like splitting up would be so good for those two right now because they are, they're just they. As they started to develop separate personalities, I think they became too different. Like Show is yeah. so high energy. He's got, mm-hmm. uh, he's got much more of a mean bite to him now that he's been really studying MMA and getting involved with Gleet and their their UWFI uh, resurgence. Like I could almost, I could almost see this version of Show in Suzuki Goon. Like I don't know, I I don't know where this guy has been. He's got Ooh. that kind of edge to him. He's got that bite. And okay. Yo and Yo is very much the the calm artist. I mean, listen to their theme music. It's very yeah. much it's very much like hold music. Like it's designed to keep you from getting too angry, you know? Yeah. Like it's it's and so it 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 almost it almost feels like they are it, it, there's this push and pull going on between Sho and Yo. I mean, Tama, what do you what do you kind of think of of what's going very, on here? A very yin and yang like uh yes yeah. i agree with you and i think it's time i've been calling it since last year they need they need to go on their own path to grow as wrestlers look the tag team division is great right it's mm-hmm. great to learn that and and learn how to work as a team work with other all right and you and you gather as much like arsenal as you can working as a team mm-hmm. but then like there, there comes that time when you gotta you know you gotta it's like a baby leaving the nest man you gotta mm-hmm. go you got to go on your own. You got to learn this. You got to go on your own journey. You got to start your own shit. Got to, you know, you got to be the champ on your own. Mm-hmm. Enough of the tag team. You, you, I, I'm, I'm feeling that way about G.O.D. myself. It's time. Ooh. It's yeah. time. Ooh, did I say that out loud? Oh, what? Shit. What's that, what was I talking about? I'm just, hey, I'm just keeping it 100 with you guys. No, this pandemic has gotten me feeling a little anxious. Like I'm, you know, I it's been great. I think tag team is great. I think mm-hmm. everybody needs to to experience as a as a professional wrestler. You need to go in as a tag team. You learn, learn it. I've done the the, the six man. I've done the the, mm-hmm. the tag team. I've conquered it all. What I haven't mm-hmm. conquered is a singles run. Mm-hmm. And I feel that way for show. You've done it. 
you've, you've, you're the tag champs. You've proven it over and over again. You, you can only play this record over and over so many times before you get tired of that shit. And you need to, you need to like play another record, man. You know, and I feel that for show. Show as a, as a professional wrestler, man. Go on your own road, show. Go on your own road. Go for it, dog. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. And before before too many people in the chat jump on com- Thomas' comments, if you have been <laughs> listening to Thomas Island, I remember even like last year you were talking about like, you know, I'm thinking maybe singles at some point. You were flirting with it, even on the podcast, you were flirting with the idea of a singles run. Then when you went back to Japan for the tag run, especially now that you're, you're seven-time IWGP heavyweight tag team champions, which is the most any team has ever been, it's not, I don't even, like, there are people like, oh my God, he's going to turn on his brother. No, there's just, what more is there for you and your brother to do? Like, because yeah, your brother, it, it, your brother's been right be American. <laughs> it doesn't yeah. have to be American where I, like, stab my yeah. brother in the back, y'all. I can just be like, all right, man, I'll see you. <laughs> yeah, it can, just, it, it, can just, it can just be you and T going like, I'm I'm a seven-time IWGP champion. You're also a seven-time. What, what, what more we got? It. Let's go, let's go do our, let's go do our thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh no and i i see people in the chat saying that it was a joke but yes no it's it, it, it's worth bringing up it's worth bringing up that not everything has to be mortal stakes sometimes sometimes and i, I can't believe we're saying this in a world where, where the north american the number one wrestling company is trying to brand as sports entertainment you have to remind people sometimes sports aren't you know life or death sometimes a, some sometimes a football game is just a football game and sometimes sometimes a wrestling match is just a wrestling match remember that as we head into g1 season <laughs> I'm so, I just, I especially because like we just got done with Super Junior Tag League, where I saw people be like, "Oh, the Bullet Club tag teams take it on the Bullet Club tag team. Something's gonna happen." It's like, no, they're just they're gonna compete, and then when they're done, gonna be like, "Man, you hit me really hard." Like it's this, sometimes it's just competition. Sometimes it's just, just competition. friendly. Competition. Let me buy you a beer after we're done, huh? You know, that's mm-hmm. all it is, <laughs> guys. We're going to wrap it up there. It's been a full hour. It's been a great chat. We want to thank our guests, Gary and Scott, for joining us. You guys have been great. Thank you, Ross. You've been awesome, man. Thank you. Everybody on the, on the Twitch chat, thank you for joining us. You guys have been great. You guys, whew, that was a lot we covered. That was a lot of fun. Join us again next week when we come back Tuesday, 6.30 p.m. here on Twitch, Thomas Island Twitch. Or you can join us on these happy hours every weekend on patreon.com backslash Thomas Island. Guys, mm-hmm. Ross just dropped an album. All right. Go cop that album. I cop the album. Ross mm-hmm. is quite the artist, man. I, I, we're going to have to talk about my entrance music, Ross. All right. When I go singles. All right. <laughs> you, you just let me know what kind of vibe you need, and I can get anything done pretty much. <laughs> I'm digging your folklore, man. I'm, I'm, I might go on some folklore, but <laughs> entrance music. <laughs> get you, we'll get you some cowboy shit. It's real in right now. <laughs> but guys, thank you again very much for joining us today. Everyone, have a good week, safe week. Be safe out there. Go get vaccinated. Let's get this world back on the road okay thank you very much join us next week again see you peace guys thank you for listening to this week's thomas island find more great thomas island content like the shotgun series weekly happy hour zoom calls with tama video versions of the podcast and much much more at patreon.com forward slash thomas island and visit at thomas island on instagram and twitter